0: Hi, and welcome back to The Resident Review. I'm Rosie Tillis, one of the Duke Plastic Surgery residents. And I'm Lily Mundy, one of the Duke Plastic Surgery chief residents. Thanks for joining us, Lily. In today's episode, we're going to be doing part of our Back to Basics section, which covers some of the most common topics and terminology in our field, and is meant to be really helpful for anyone starting out or wanting a basic refresher. Widespread. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot. We're going to talk about wounds, wound
1: backs, and dressings. All right. Let's get into it. <laughs> okay. First let's talk about how you evaluate a wound. Ooh, yes. Okay. I've heard a lot of things. A lot of times people say that wound looks good. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Always. <laughs> you might not either. And honestly, if y'all are hearing that the people saying it might not know they what that means. Know. So let's talk a little bit about evaluating a wound and and what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. When I'm looking at a wound, I'm looking to see, is the tissue viable? Mm -hmm. So this patient has a decubitus ulcer. Is there non-viable tissue there? Is there fibrinous tissue? Is there eschar? You know, is, is there healthy appearing red granulation tissue?
0: Mm -hmm. Let's talk Um, about colors. Yeah. What is granulation tissue? Yeah. So granulation tissue is this kind of beefy red tissue that you often see at the bottom of the healing wound
1: kind of looks almost like foam foam like little ball like little
0: yeah it's got like a really granular texture yeah. at um, at the base of it it'll feel smooth but it's got like kind of this granular appearance um so it's usually red or pink and like kind of oozy and it bleeds sometimes yeah and a lot of
1: times for me at least when i see granulation tissue that's a sign that this wound is healing it's in the yes. it's
0: in the phase of healing you mentioned fibrinous tissue which i want to touch on as well and scar. So if you see if someone says fibrinous, it's usually this like white or yellow tissue that has like it looks like little pieces of fiber, like it's kind of um thready. Yeah. And often it's not really like living. It's, it's kind really of healthy. like non-healthy, not doesn't have good perfusion, tissue that's probably not survivable. Mm-hmm. And then Scar is a little bit more obviously not survivable. It's usually this black rind on um, like a scab, um, like, a a a, scab. Yeah, like a big scab. Like a big scab. So eschar is
1: kind of like a medical term for scab. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So that was a great review of wound color. Yes. Yeah. So what else are we going to look
1: at? So I'm looking at the wound. I want to know the depth of the wound. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's at the base of the wound. Am I looking at bone? Am I looking at vessels? Am I looking at hardware? Um, or am I looking at just subcutaneous fat mm-hmm. or muscle? All of those things are going to help influence like what our reconstructive options are going to be and, and things like that. So we had a previous podcast where we talked a lot about flaps Mm -hmm. and in that we were talking about, about wounds and, you know, indicating patients for different types of flaps, skin grafts versus, you know, more, um, a greater amount of tissue. Let's talk a little bit more about like dressings in this case. Mm -hmm. So now that we have some some working language to talk about wounds, oh, another thing is how much moisture is that wound putting mm-hmm. out? So mm-hmm. is that wound producing a lot of fluid or not? And then is there a lot of infection? Like, mm-hmm. am I seeing purulent drainage? Am I seeing serous drainage? What you know is the surrounding tissue really erythematous? Is, is it is it
0: warm? Yeah. Purulence means pus. Correct. And serous means clearish. Yes. Serous sanguinous means clearish and with a little tinge of blood, so pink. Correct. So, now that we've thought a little bit about
1: wounds and we can get back into them more, let's talk about wound vacs because wound vacs, we use them all the time in plastic mm-hmm. surgery. This is negative pressure wound therapy. And at its core, a wound vac is a sponge and it has a seal, like a plastic tape seal. And then you have created a hole in that seal with a suction that creates a suction into that then closed environment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So at its core, that's really all that it is a mm-hmm. sponge a seal, and then a form for suction. And we don't truly understand in entirety how the wound back or why the wound back works, but we know it does. And it's multifactorial It accelerates wound healing by increasing granulation tissue formation. Like we talked about, mm-hmm. it removes fluid from the wound. It maintains a moist environment and it helps contract the wound by bringing the wound edges together. All right, there are a lot of options on a wound vac machine, and a lot of
0: numbers. Mm-hmm. Can you talk talk through like what is going on there? Yeah, so on pretty much any wound vac machine, you're going to see because there are I think different brands um, and different sizes as well. But basically, you're going to be looking at some sort of therapy type. So it's either going to be continuous or intermittent. Okay, so you're saying that the pressure of the
1: suction Mm -hmm. could either be a continuous pressure Mm -hmm. or it could start and stop.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. And then a common setting we use for the pressure is negative 125 millimeters of mercury. Mm -hmm. Sometimes also we have a lighter setting, like negative 75. Yeah. We often just go with 125. If you were wound backing over an area that you thought for some reason was like a very sensitive tissue, like maybe this is, close to an organ system maybe mm-hmm. this is close to your flap or maybe this is over a skin graft and for whatever reason you decide you want to do negative 75 instead of negative 125 mm-hmm. then you might choose but typically well, usually we're in the most 25. common setting we're going to do 125 mm-hmm. and most commonly we also have the pressure set on continuous mm-hmm. some studies have shown that actually intermittent pressure is creates more granulation tissue and may help heal things faster but that's tends to be really uncomfortable for patients mm-hmm because it's constantly like starting and stopping. And it's that process of it contracting down with a suction that can be very painful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Commonly there's like a standard sponge that is black that we use for most wounds. Mm-hmm. They also make a white sponge, which is a little bit maybe more allows for more sensitive areas or mm-hmm. it's a little bit less. Causes, Flourish, I think. Yeah. And it causes maybe a little bit less um, trauma to mm-hmm. the area that you're putting it. And then what's, Kind of cool is they have a type of vac.
0: Um, we use something called a vac variflow sometimes that allows you to infiltrate fluid into the area. Mm-hmm. There are some types of vacs where you can infiltrate some fluid, and sometimes we we'll use that for cleaning solutions or even antibiotics if we yeah. want to irrigate a wound um, while we are vacuuming it. And those have specific indications as well. Yeah, and then there's also like some types of wound backs that are maybe specifically
1: developed for certain area types. Like there is a type that's specific for abdominal, like open abdomens.
0: Mm -hmm. There's a a type that's specific for incisions too.
1: Yeah. For incisional backs, because that, um, black sponge is, um, sort of corrosive or can cause injury to your intact skin. Mm -hmm. We like to use something to protect the intact skin. So sometimes like, at least for us, we'll use a product um, called adaptic and that, um, or zero form. And that kind of creates like a a barrier. Mm -hmm. However, they do make some wound backs that have that barrier built in to the, to the, to the packaging. Right. So the Mm -hmm. sponge comes with the barrier, um, like the standard incisional wound backs Mm -hmm. when you're putting a wound back on a patient. Oh yes. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. Can you just walk me through how you actually do that? Yeah. So, and I know there's different companies and there's different some right. different things, but there's some general concepts they are going to be. Similar. Right.
0: So your wound back, um, your goal is to have the foam in the place of the wound. So, and not Crap overlapping out of the skin. So you're going to cut the foam piece, um, into the shape of whatever wound you have.
1: And sometimes a cool trick for doing that. You can use shears if you're on the floor mm-hmm. or sometimes when we're in the OR, we actually use a 10
0: blade to do that. Oh Yeah careful of your fingers but yes that that can be very convenient um so you're cutting the foam to fit there and then you get these sheets of um basically surround so offers like plastic sticky tape and so you're going to want to have and sheets a- of that cover the area of the wound all the way from the skin on one side over the foam to the skin on the other side okay and those plastic sheets have all of these numbers and it's very confusing take one off first so you go in order you go one, order. two and three yeah you take the one and then you Press it down and then. You okay, take so the taking two. the one allows me to have the
1: adhesive sticky. side exposed, the sticky side. So then I place that on top of the skin, the
0: sponge, and the skin. So exactly. c- circumferentially, I'm connected to skin. Mm-hmm. So ran wrap, your, okay. your foam, and then you take the two off, and then an orange, at least has a little blue sheet that you a little, little blue tab rip, that the, you rip the down. Is the tab that you rip off. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So some tricks that we've picked up on over time to get this good seal. Yeah essentially you don't want the stick sticker to have like rippling in it because mm-hmm. then that might inhibit its ability to get a good seal mm-hmm. on the skin. Mm-hmm. Sometimes for myself, especially when I have like a really tricky wound, that's a weird shape. Mm-hmm. I actually like to cut little strips of that plastic and line the edge with the plastic tape your mm-hmm. wound like, on the edge of
0: my wound, the, the
1: skin on either side. Yes. So that helps both the sticker stick down and prevents any like
0: slightly overhanging black sponge Mm -hmm. from being fully, you know, from injuring my Mm -hmm. surroundings. And your surroundings also cannot be wet. Otherwise the stuff will not Mm -hmm. stick and you won't get a good seal. And if your wound is dripping with something, it's probably going to try and ooze out before you can get all the tape stuck down. So you have to be prepared. prepared. And sometimes people use like an adhesive,
1: like something like Mastisol underneath the sticker to Mm -hmm. make it adhere well. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes people
0: use other forms of tape, like Ioban or Tegaderm to help you mm-hmm. also create a seal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll go over some back troubleshooting tips in a minute. Okay. Very oh, important yeah, this from all the night phone calls.
1: Okay. And now, then after you put that down. Okay. But let's just take a step back because what if my wound is like really a, a bizarre shape or I don't, it's too big. And I, and you know, I know there's like a small, a medium and a large, mm-hmm. but it's bigger than any of those. If I want to combine multiple pieces of black sponge, I can do, do that. It. Right. Do it. Okay. But I need to like connect those pieces together mm-hmm. with like a stapler or suture in the OR. And then I probably should write the number of sponge pieces that I put in the wound back on top of the adhesive. Mm
0: -hmm. Because
1: I personally might not be the one that takes this off. What happens if in the middle of the night, it's an issue, someone changes it, you know, I'm home sleeping. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay. So we've,
0: we've created all of our sponge. We've put it in, we've put our seal on. Now what? So we've got a sealed wound currently. Okay. So really nothing should be coming out right now. Okay. But now we want to do stuff with it. We want to put some suction on it. So you clip a little hole in the middle of your of your sponge um, and you want to make the hole uh, Kind of a not decent a slit. Size. Yeah, not, not a slit. Not it's got to be big enough, right? Because I know when you do a slit, sometimes it can even get clogged. Yeah, because there are a couple holes on the, the suction device that have to actually fit into that slit. So it's easier if you make it a small, like square size hole or something. Um, and then you will take what I call the lily pad. Um, as a, someone named Lily, I, I love this. Do you love that? I love that. I named it after you. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Um, so you take that and you put it down on top of the hole and stick that down. And then there's like another, that, that has the one, two, three on it too. So you take the one off and then you stick it down and you take mm-hmm. the two off. Um, and there's like a little blue and then three. you connect that to your canister when in your, your machine and turn it on.
1: Yeah, set your settings, all that. Sometimes in the operating room, you guys will see us connect this to the wall suction to get a good suction and then connect that to the machine. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've heard of tunneling, which we kind of talked about, and I've also heard about bridging.
0: Can mm-hmm. you explain those? So if you so tunneling, we'll talk about first. So tunneling is when a wound kind of dives under the skin and tunnels. Okay. Um, we like to describe it in terms of uh, like where it is on a clock mm-hmm. oftentimes especially if it's like a, a dickhead ulcer we'll say okay there's tunneling and we'll say how long the tunnel is and in what direction okay. um, and you'll say what you can feel at the end of the tunnel because if there's a tunnel you should palpate it gloves on touch the wound gloves on touch the wound tunneling you you can put a piece of packing or um if you're doing a wound back you put a piece of wound back sponge in there. But like Lily said, make sure that it's connected to the other pieces so that it all comes out at once. Bridging is when you have multiple wounds and you're going to use the same wound vac for suction on, let's say two, both of your wounds. Okay. So I can have
1: two separate wounds pretty close to each other, not touching, Mm -hmm. and I can connect those and put
0: them to the same wound vac machine. Can can you tell me how to do that? Yeah. The way you do that is so you put foam in each of your wounds, And then, um, we were talking about how you, how you kind of protect that skin. So we'll say there's a skin bridge between them. So Mm -hmm. we protect that skin. Like you had said, using the plastic wraps, you put that plastic wrap down on the skin. And once that skin's protected, you can then take another piece of foam and put it between the two pieces of foam in either of your wounds, right over the top of that plastic on the plastic. So skin's
1: being protected by plastic. I have one wound, sponge in sticker on another wound, sponge in sticker on sticker on in between Two holes, then over the black, mm-hmm. connect them with a piece of black sponge. So now I went from two systems to one system. Right. Cover that connecting black sponge with tape, mm-hmm. and then put my suction hole on the connection
0: or tape. on one of them. Yes. Now they're all in continuity. Yes. So as long as the black goes from one to the other, and then your suction is still in the black with no plastic in between, except for covering that skin to keep it healthy, then you will be good with one system. Cool. And then there is also something called a Y connector. Y connectors love that hard to find great to use.
1: (laughs) Okay. So this could be another scenario where I have two different wounds that I want to connect, but maybe these ones are not close to each other. Mm -hmm. And then I actually have two lily pads Mm -hmm. and those lily pad, two lily pads go into a single Y connector into a single machine.
0: Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm.
1: So all of these settings, the multiple wounds, they all have to be amenable to having the same pressure, the same settings, Mm -hmm. everything like that. Okay. That makes sense. Awesome. So like, let's talk a little bit about why we want to use a wound vac. What is it good for? How is it helping us? And then when can we not use a wound vac? So primary reasons that we use wound vacs is one we're awaiting, say surgical pathology, mm-hmm. like in the setting of a, a cancer, a tumor resection, we're, mm-hmm. we're waiting final path, or maybe we're waiting on culture data. We're waiting on final cultures to come out um, this keeps the wound sterile and allows us essentially gives us some time to stage something or, you know, we're operating with another service. They've asked us to do a reconstruction for whatever reason, logistically, we don't have the availability to provide the reconstruction on that day we could put a place a wound back and have the patient come back and go to the operating room on a different day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another reason is maybe we're, this is how we're treating a wound. So we want the wound to shrink. We want granulation tissue to develop. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times if I have a patient who has a large soft tissue wounds, like say in their leg, they might not have exposed critical structures, but if I skin grafted them, it would kind of look like a large, like contour deformity, like mm-hmm. almost like a shark bite. Mm-hmm. If I wound back that patient for a little while, bring the granulation tissue to the surface, then I can place a skin graft in it. It just aesthetically looks a little bit better for that patient.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Awesome. This also is a great dressing for patients to go home with. If you know that you're going to want to manage their wound through secondary intention, you know, if, if I send a patient home with a wound back, then that wound needs to be changed three times a week. However, that doesn't, that means they might be able to have you know, someone, a nurse come to their home, like from home health mm-hmm. or have another family member only need to do that three times a week. Whereas an alternative could be like wet to dry dressings. Mm-hmm. That's something that you might be doing twice a day. And so mm-hmm. it might be more invasive for that patient. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. Um, and then we also use it to bolster skin grafts that we mm-hmm. mentioned. Okay. When can we not use it? Well, this would be like a gross contamination, active infection that we're not managing. If large vessels are exposed, if nerves are exposed, if they're solid organs, If there's a um, malignancy, although, you know, maybe in a setting of giving us some time to, um, await final margins, if there's necrotic tissue and then a non-enteric or unexplored fistula. Mm
0: -hmm. Awesome. I feel really empowered to know a lot about wound backs at this point. Can I empower you to fix them in the middle of the night? Yeah. some, Some like quick tips. Yeah. So you get called about a beeping wound back. Um, you will get called about a beeping wound back like all the time. So great things to ask before you go see, or, you know, you're always, you know, welcome to go see it. But if you want to ask about the basic stuff, you can ask if someone has tried turning the back on and off again. Um, Always good. Or you can see if they've tried putting Tegaderm on it. So you've got this like plastic wrap over it. And when you're having, um, usually the beep is because it, it has a leak or a blockage. So if it's got a leak, you gotta assume there's a hole in your plastic wrap somewhere. So see if anyone has troubleshot it and tried pressing around different spots around the plastic wrap and seeing if the beeping stops. And if that's the case, you found your spot, put an extra tegaderm on it. Um, another great tip is ostomy paste. So if you've got some like weird ripples in this plastic wrap that it, cause it's a weird shaped wound or something and you cannot get it, you can take some ostomy paste and put it in those crevices and it will work. That's awesome. 90% of the time. Yeah. And then a blockage, you may need to cut out your lily pad. If you think the blockage was within that tubing. you can cut out the lily pad and put a new one on it. And if not, it's probably due to the sponge itself. And so you may have to redo the back. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Very sad.
1: Let's just real quick, talk about some of different dressings that we use since we use a lot of words and a lot of different names and now full disclosure, these might be different at different institutions. And the other thing I would say is dressing care and wound care is like very preference, pers- you know, personal preference yes. based and institutional based. And yes. there are certain institutions that do things one way and others that do other ways. And there's not necessarily like a right or a wrong answer, mm-hmm. but this hopefully will just give you some background and understanding as to why someone might be using one thing over another mm-hmm. thing. And we'll try to use somewhat generic names yeah. because to make sure that we'll just do the best we can. Yeah. Okay. So we use gauze. Gauze can be like four by four, four by eight, two by two.
0: When mm-hmm. we're using those terms, that's describing the size of it. Right? Yeah. And that's, this is the square, like single wrapped things. Exactly. Then we have something
1: called telfa. Telfa is like a non-adherent gauze. It doesn't absorb super well, but it doesn't adhere. So when I've seen Telfa used most often we're using it because we don't want that dressing to stick. Mm-hmm. And also because we don't expect there to be a lot of fluid production. It can be great. Like if you want to put some ointment, like an antibiotic ointment or mm-hmm. another moisturizing ointment on a wound, and then you can place Telva on top of it to mm-hmm. keep it there. All right. We briefly before mentioned adaptic and zero form. These are like, these are like fine mesh gauzes and fabrics. Exactly. Silicone coated, Vaseline coated gauze. Yeah. And these are really also pretty good for keeping things moist. And you could, again, use it with some type of an ointment, but it's not like going to absorb or be adherent or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. We use
0: ABDs Mm -hmm. pretty frequently. These are like large gauze pads that have a lot of absorbing power. They're like fluffs.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Like they're kind of like soft. And so
1: when I see them used most frequently, we're either using them to pad mm-hmm. something. So say you're putting it in a splint for padding, or you're placing it under a surgical bra or an mm-hmm. abdominal binder, mm-hmm. or we're using them for their absorptive capabilities. So if I know something's going to bleed or ooze a lot, and I want it to absorb a lot of fluid, then I might use an ABD pad. Mm-hmm.
0: What um, is the difference between carolix and cling? Mm, so at our institution, at least these are the roles of gauze. Um, These both refer to rolls of gauze, and the acrylics uh, roll is like it's a like larger thicker, size, right? more absorbent. Yeah, thicker. It's, it's like a, a thick netting kind of. It's yeah, something like it. It's, like it's a almost a gauze like gauze that's netting. in a roll. Yeah,
1: and so, that cling is a little more finer. It's smaller. A lot of times we use it like to wrap the
0: hands or the fingers. Yeah, acrylics can actually generally be used as like a packing or a wrapping. Cling mm-hmm. is not really used as a packing. It's more of just a wrapping. Wrap. Yeah. So,
1: okay, so bias like we bias is that like yellowish um fabricy kind of wrap here we use it a lot to wrap splints other places we will use ace wraps or something called coban sometimes for mm-hmm. wrapping splints
0: mm-hmm. it's a we also use it wrap.
1: yeah we also use it for like bulky wraps exactly it's not terribly compressive on the other hand when we use a coban this has elasticity to it mm-hmm. so we have to be careful because when you pull it out, Mm -hmm. you want to like, kind of
0: let it recoil a little bit before you wrap it. Right. Right. And it's self-adherent. So you can, wherever you place it, it will stay. So if you stretch it, um, we're not talking about bias. We're talking about Coban. So if you stretch the Coban and then adhere it, it's going to stay stretched and compressive. Yeah. So
1: we just need to be careful that we're not going to give someone like a compartment syndrome or something, but we use Coban sometimes in the OR when we're like wrapping off an extremity mm-hmm. in in prepping or sometimes we'll use it to wrap a dressing and it stays. Yeah, nicely. I love it for like hand dressings. Yeah. It stays in place. It keeps like splints in place. Yeah. Okay. Web roll and cast padding sometimes people use these interchangeably. I can't really speak to like another institution. Um but often we use cast padding for casts. It's like rips a little bit easier. Um and then web
0: roll. Yeah. And then web roll in splints and in other bulky r- wraps. Web roll is like fluffy but has a pattern on it That's yeah the <laughs> at least yeah it has that like waffle type yeah. pattern yeah. at least at our institution okay
1: tegaderm Opsite, different brand names same exact thing they're sticky dressing yeah keys here are not to like stretch and place down because that can sometimes lead to blistering right or so if, just lightly
0: adhere to skin yeah in the shape that it is or if patient's skin swells a lot then that can also lead to some blistering right right and it is an occlusive dressing yeah so it'll keep water, fluids, whatever, inside or out
1: or out. And then some people have Tegaderm allergies. Sometimes this is blistering that happened because of the way it was adherent, but other people just legitimately have te- Tegaderm allergies. So sometimes we use something called an IP 3000, it's, which is like a non-allergenic yeah version of a tegader. Yeah. Okay. And when we're talking tape, we have like silk tape, which we often use on splinting type materials around the bias. Mm -hmm. We have paper tape or med tape, which can be a little bit softer for your skin. There's Mm -hmm. some foam tapes that we use. Mm -hmm. Um, We have different types of ointments. Some of them have antibiotic properties. Sometimes we pack with like new, we call it new gauze Mm -hmm. or out of form gauze, which has some antibacterial properties, but these are just like
0: thin packing strips. Yeah. So the type of packing depends on the size of the wound. So if you, if you have like a massive wound, you're going to pack it with something larger, like Curlix, or if you have a small wound, you're going to pack it with something small, like the, uh, new gauze. And then another dressing that we sometimes use
1: is a methylx light foam. And this is like just a foam dressing that we can place on an incision this is different than a mepex border the border has the sticky part that's mm-hmm. what people use for like prevention of pressure sores sometimes we have patients who have injuries to their hands who have wounds or they have infections and we will soak and pack those patients often when that is it's kind of like the way i think of it is we're doing the packing to stent the wound open to allow for drainage right mm-hmm. So that way things don't heal over and allow bacteria to build up under the skin. Right. So that's the reason why we're packing. We then change that packing typically about twice a day, sometimes three times a day, if it's, if it's a bad infection, and that allows like new packing to be placed in. So we're not just letting residual, you know, purulent drainage sit in the wound Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: soaking. I don't know if they do this at every institution. We soak hand infections pretty frequently here combined with packing Um, a lot of times we'll soak in some like dilute betadine and hydrogen peroxide with saline. Um, this allows some kind of like semi-frequent, like cleaning of the wound, kind Mm -hmm. of like a little mini washout in the Mm -hmm. OR and then replacement of the packing. So a lot of times students kind of ask, you know, why are we soaking or why are we packing? How do we know who to soak or who to Mm -hmm. pack? those are kind of the common things that we'll do generally to keep that wound open. So it can drain. Um, and then as, and so that it can sort of evacuate that
0: infection. Yeah. Like I'm sure eradicate could, the infection. If we could soak a belly, I'm sure we would, but we can't it's kind of awkward. soak a hand. Yeah. It's easier. <laughs> and then another thing
1: that comes up frequently is pre-medication for dressing changes. Mm-hmm. Premedicating is always the best thing you can do for the patient. It, is wonderful in, in many ways. And so as a student or sort of a junior learner on the team, if this is on your, on the forefront of your mind, knowing that, okay, we've got dressing changes today on rounds or something like that. Let me think ahead. Oh, let me tell my team, you know, I want to premedicate this patient. I can go find a nurse. I can go, mm-hmm. you know, do this. As a team leader, I would be like ecstatic. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Thanks for that contribution and for helping out because it really makes a big difference
0: both for the patient and everybody else. Definitely. Yeah. Dressing changes can be painful. Uh, the first few are, I usually tell people, the first few are the worst. And then your nerve endings kind of get a little bit duller. And then, or maybe yeah, things are starting to heal. Maybe the other thing bit. that we use sometimes
1: to help for pain control is we have like a um, spray that helps with the adhesive. And helps us remove the adhesive yeah. portions. A lot of times sure. with wound dressing changes for patients, it's the tape that, yeah. like, that hurts the most. Yeah. And so um, we can use that adhesive spray. So that can be another thing as sort of like a junior learner on the team that you can be
0: mm-hmm. um, focused on and making sure it's available. Have the adhesives ready and then talk to the nurse and ask if they have pain meds ready, or yeah. if they can give them before. And so if I was
1: a sub-I prepping for one of my rotations or a medical student or a nursing student, PA student, What should I have in my white coat that's gonna make me essential for the team?
0: I have an answer, but I would like your answer first. Everything. When I I had literally everything in my (laughs) pocket. Um, so I would keep at least um a few of those single wrapped gauze. Okay. Some gauze gauze. Gauze is great. Gauze is always helpful. Um, and then a roll of the good tape. You know what the good tape is. Yeah, your institution has the good tape, so it's the bad tape, but always keep the good tape. Um, and then you want like some Q tips or something that you can push packing in with. And then um, usually I always had two different types of packing. I always had a big packing, like a like a gauze roll, like acrylics, or little packing, like a thing new of new box. gauze. Um, and then I always had a couple ABDs because those are u- like really useful. Um, yes. Especially on top of dressing. Yeah. Like
1: you take a binder off, abdominal binder you're looking at, you know, mm-hmm. patient that has that on. Oh, you know, this one's dirty. Does someone have a new ABD? Yeah, use like, the rest here you. it is. Okay. I love your list. So just to recap, you said gauze.
0: Um tape, Tape. the good tape, the good tape, ABDs, maybe some curlax or something to pack with maybe a new gauze and then q tips and something to like, yeah, push the packing and and scissors. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. So my list is similar to Rosie's a little bit
1: different. Shears is the number one thing on my list, having a good pair of trauma shears to cut dressings off. Second thing I'm totally on board gauze, Mm -hmm. the good tape. ABDs are great, although they're kind of big and they take up space.
0: You the curlex
1: and the new gauze also kind of big and takes up space. You gotta commit. You gotta come in like a snowman. My two things I would add to this list would be a suture removal kit. Oh yeah, that's that's good. And like some antibiotic ointment. Okay.
0: Oh, I, I respect that.
1: All right, so I two respect different that. two different pathways to yeah. being a great junior learner. You on the can team, also coordinate. contributor to the team. <laughs>
0: so I used yes. to coordinate with my fellow sub-eyes and like okay you have this stuff. I'm going to get this stuff. And then you all fill up your pockets and you're like a walking pharmacy. And it's the best thing. A walking pixis.
1: <laughs> Amazing. And that's how
0: i meshed here.
1: And that's how we get into residency <laughs> folks. Have the appropriate dressings in your pockets. This is literally how it's done. All right. Well, I think this was a great session. Just to recap, yeah. we talked about wounds, types of wounds that we're going to be managing with dressings and Mm -hmm. you know conservative wound care as opposed to going to the operating room for reconstruction we talked about wound vacs how they work maybe a little bit of why they work how we use them how we troubleshoot them and then we went through like a bunch of different dressings
0: Mm -hmm. and then we talked about the secret sauce (laughs) what's in your pockets okay well thanks for thanks so much for listening to us today hopefully it's helpful to you don't forget that this episode and all the others are available on our website, theresidentreview.com. So you can visit there for episodes, outlines, resources, and more. And please remember to rate and review and subscribe to us on all, wherever you get your podcasts. And feel free to share these episodes with your friends and your fellow future sub-eyes um, and fellow future co-residents so we can all make our community of plastic surgeons better together. Awesome. Thank Thanks, Rosie. Thanks for having me. As a plastic surgeon with a unique vision for each patient, the more options you have at your fingertips, the better. Natrell is one of the portfolios available to you. To learn more, visit natrellsurgeon.com.